welcome to today's episode of Savannah Alalea TV. Here's where we create sparkling habits in your business, your life and the world. In today's episode of Savannah Alalea TV, we are joined by a remarkable gentleman who has overcome incredible personal challenge and is now inspiring people daily. Meet Jack. Jack's appearance in this scope Nobody ad got a deny long it. You got a good thing going on. Encouraging almost a million others to donate. He's featured on Sky News and Five News. But there was another reason he stripped. So tell me what you want to do to me. Stop messing with my head. So he challenges himself to be the best he can be. He reckons he can beat the course on one leg and he's going to prove. In spring of 2015, Jack Ayres made international modelling news. He walked the catwalks at New York Fashion Week, wearing clothes designed by Antonio Ursi, Lady Gargoyle's designer. Thanks, thank you so much for joining us today. No worries, that was great, thank you. I know, um, I know many of our viewers are uh, really, really curious um, about how you got to where you are today, because I know, I know, because I've known you for about 10 years now, that your ov- overnight success story um, has, yeah. has been more like some years in the making. Yeah. And you've obviously had to go through quite a lot, physically and mentally, um, to get to, to where you are now and achieve what essentially is international recognition. I'm going to call it what it is. Yeah. And I know with, I know one of the things that we like to focus on with Savannah Alalea TV um, is meaningful connection. And, of course, we like to talk about sparkling habits as well. And I know many people in our audience are going to be fascinated to hear you go a little bit deeper about how you've meaningly connect, meaningfully connected to your purpose um, and created the life that you're living in such joy right now. Yep. So I know, let, let's backtrack a little bit. I know when we first met, I think it was about a month after you'd had your leg amputated. That's right, yeah. And you, you, weren't, you weren't in the brightest place um, no. in the world. No. Um, so maybe, are you happy, if you're happy to, if we can talk a little bit about that, the challenges that you faced obviously physically but mentally as well at that time and yeah. with the, the key triggers um, that helped you make a shift to begin yeah. to the path that you're on now. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, okay. So um, at the very beginning, I was born with a condition in my right leg called proximal femoral focal deficiency, PFFD. And it basically meant that my leg was, um, it didn't grow properly, it was very deformed. There's a deformed hip joint, there's a deformed knee joint, uh, the bones are very weak in the right leg. The muscle structure wasn't there either. Um, it was basically a leg that didn't work. It was just, to me, it was just a dead weight. It gave me a lot of pain. Um, they gave me uh, prosthetics to wear to try and make the, the length the same so I could walk, um, which just did havoc for my back, made my back horrendous. Uh, like I said, it, it, they weren't the most comfortable. To start with, they made of metal and leather um, when I was very young, give me blisters and all the rest of it. 
Um, however, I was always quite a, uh, a very practical person. I was always into sports, playing football, all the rest of it. But I got to a point, probably as I reached end of primary school, um, and I got a little bit more interested in girls, and I got very self-conscious, and I decided that perhaps, or I was made aware that I was different. You know, before then, perhaps I didn't realise that I was disabled. I didn't, you know, I did exactly the same as everybody else. I was a little bit of pain, but perhaps I thought everyone else was in pain as well. So, anyway, I was about 10 years old, and I, I suppose I experienced my first bit of depression. Um, and I used to go to the limb centre, um, where they, they do the prosthetic limbs. And I was introduced to a guy called Louis, Louis Brownsell. I always remember his name. And um, he was born with the same condition as me. He had his leg amputated when he was 16, and he'd literally just come back from filming Saving Private Ryan with Steven Spielberg, and he called himself a one-legged stuntman. So he opened my eyes up, and he made me realize that using my disability as an advantage can be really good, and it means that um, I can live all the things that I want to do. So uh, um, my, I was quite confident that I wanted this operation. I wanted to have my leg amputated. He had his leg amputated when he was 16. I wanted my leg amputated there and then. I was only 10 years old. Anyway, they made me kind of... They said originally that I had to wait until I was about 18 years old. Um, as I got into secondary school, um, you know, I was a little bit sort of, well, very self-conscious. Um, this, there was three groups at school. There was either the sporty people, which I'd kind of gone, drifted away from. There was the very sort of like intelligent, geeky people, which I wasn't particularly in. And then there was the bad boys. And I kind of fell in the bad boys crowd. Um, started mess messing with drugs, started messing with lots of alcohol, um, which obviously played on my insecurities and gave me a little bit more sort of depression and social anxiety and this sort of stuff. Um, it actually got to the point where I was, I was smoking weed in the morning before school. I was smoking weed at lunchtime. I was smoking weed after school. Um, I was doing class A's, you know, at the weekends. I was drinking on top of it, as well as taking painkillers. Um, I ended up with a stomach ulcer um, in, my, in my stomach. Um, and things were just going rapidly downhill. You know, I was kind of scarving off school and um, I, was, I was in quite a dark place. Anyway, finished school. Um, I actually did all right with my GCSEs, um, thanks to my parents. My mum was uh, very supportive in that sense, um, which I'm thankful for her now. And I ended up going to college and I studied art and design at college. Uh, and that's when I was allowed to have my leg amputated. I finally persuaded them that when I was 16 to actually cut my, to amputate my leg, I kind of threatened them a couple of times that, you know, if they don't cut it off, well, I'm going to cut it off. You know, it was really, really holding me back. I was, I was quite down about it. Um, I, I felt like this, this weight was just holding me down and I really wanted to amputate. Because you're, you're quite a tall um, guy, aren't you, Jack? Probably most people, you can't see it here, although you look, you know, nice yeah, and strong. But you're yeah. about, you're about, are you 6'2 or something like that? So a leg that's not working, you can notice on somebody that... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't bend the knee. I couldn't bend the leg. I had a straight leg. So public transport, you know, sitting in cars, planes, roller coasters, all my friends were going off to theme parks and stuff. You know, I, was, I couldn't fit on any of the rides. So I was, I was very alone, you know, um, which is part of it as well. You know, my friends were talking about joining the army or they're talking about doing, you know, plastering apprenticeships or... Um, brickwork or whatever it was and I wanted to be with them you know I don't want to be on my own but I was quite aware that you know I can't climb a ladder or I can't kneel down or whatever it was so I was in quite a dark place because of that as well um, anyway it was finally I had to have my leg amputated uh, and it got to the point you know I, 
ended up smoking weed out the hospital window. I discharged myself after five days of being in hospital. Um, I was straight back at home and I was straight back onto the class A drugs on top of all the other medication. Um, and I didn't do myself very good. I ended up going back in hospital with a, an infection in my stump. I had a flesh-eating disease, uh, septicemia, and then RSA. And it was just opening up my stump. Um, and I was actually in hospital over New Year's Eve. I was, I was on my own in hospital, age 16. Um, I could hear all the nurses, you know, celebrating New Year's Eve. And I had this, I don't know, I suppose I kind of, it made me think, you know. It gave me time to think, gave me time to realize. Um, and I started to look on the internet for a bit of inspiration. And my stepdad, he's in the fire service. And I had this big idea that I wanted to be in the fire service. And I wanted to be the first, this is it, I wanted to be the first one-legged guy to join the, the fire service. And I spent three years building up my fitness. I quit all drugs, all alcohol. I stopped smoking. Um, I, I joined the gym. Um, you know, I, I completely changed my life around. Completely changed my life. And it was literally overnight as well. It was just because of this life-changing experience of being in a hospital, nearly losing my life, nearly losing the rest of my leg, you know, being on my own on such a like memorable night, I suppose, really made me think, really made me realise. Um, anyway, unfortunately, I didn't get back into the fire service. Um, shortly after I come out of hospital, I was still in quite a dark place, uh, but then I was introduced to... Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> That's yeah. <it>. yeah. <laughs> um, and I suppose one of the first things I remember... Savannah, you teaching me was uh, you showed me the video. The um, it was a video at the time. Um, uh, the secret. Yeah. The secret. How how um, positive thoughts. Yeah. Um, positive re reinforcement and all this sort of stuff. And we started doing a lot of Reiki and things like this. I mean, you, you were giving me massages. Um, and you know what? Just having somebody to talk to as well. You'd give me lots of very wise advice, um, you'd listen to what I'd say, you would, um, I suppose you'd made me open my eyes up, because I think at the time you were just about to go to, I can't remember where you're going, you're going to Ecuador, that's it, yeah, and it made me realise, it made me realise, yeah, um, and I think that was part of my inspiration as well, I ended up going travelling, you know, within like a year of having my leg amputated, I think I was 18 at the time, so two years after my leg amputated, I ended up travelling for for um, three months, um, which is one of my dreams, which I want to do. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I met you. It is. Well, you went away and you took radical action, though, Jack. So you 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 mentioned the inspiration of the secret and everything, but you went and applied everything. And I think that's that's the thing that's the most important. You really gripped hold of it, and it meant something to you. It meant the difference between where you were and where you wanted to be. And you really yeah. ran with it. And, I mean, you've done some phenomenal things um, since then. I mean, you, I know you, you're saying now you went off and you went traveling, but, you you know, you've also done things, everything, I think it was something called uh, Soldiers to Screen you've done as well, haven't you? Uh, Amputees in Action. Amputees in Action. You've been um, on, you were on the ropes um, at the opening of the Paralympics. Paralympics, yeah, yeah. You've been yeah. named um, Men's Health... Um, 
was it men's health magazine's man of the year let me get that yeah. angle twister congratulations on that one Thank you. um and you've been on some of the most famous catwalks in the world um you're also i mean the list just goes on you're also doing your own personal training business um and you're looking at how you can support others to achieve their goals other people with disabilities to achieve their goals so I guess what I want to ask you, what do you love most about each of the different experiences that you've had so far? What is it, what, it, what, what are the things that you've enjoyed the most? What has it brought you? What has it made you realise about life? Do you know what? It's, it's got to be the people that I've met. It's got to be the people that I've met. It's, uh, some of the people that I've met along the way on the journeys have really inspired me. I'm quite easily inspired. I like, I like a powerful person in my life. I like to be inspired. Um, and I feel that I think the biggest thing for me, I met this, I met this Louis Brown cell when I was like 10 years old. He called himself a one-legged stuntman. Within two years of having my leg amputated, um, I found this agency called Amputees in Action. They work alongside the military. They do stunts on film. So they do horror films. They get eaten by vampires and werewolves and stuff. And I could call myself a one-legged stuntman. You know, I've literally just spent like eight years of my life trying to work towards a goal. And I finally made it. So that was my first kind of um, sense of achievement, long term, long term, um, and I, I think that was that was the beginning of it. You know, that was the ble- that was the seed that got planted, and it was it was growing then, um, and it gave me the confidence. It was the amputees in action who introduced me to uh, training for the Paralympic opening ceremony. So it's thanks to them. Um, I believe when you open one door, another door is opened after that, and another door is opened, and you meet new people, and they open new doors for you. I really, really do. Um, so I, I would say it's a contact that I've made, and I, you know, it, it's not about the end goal. It's always about the journey. It's always about the journey, and I, I, I want a long journey. <laughs> and, yeah, and lot. it sounds like you're having an enjoyable one. Yeah, most yeah, importantly, yeah, the journey's the longest bit, isn't it? I think everybody forgets that yeah. bit sometimes. Everyone's like, "Oh, I've got to get here. I've got to get here. This is the goal. This is where I've got to be." And don't get me wrong, it's great to have a goal. I think it's really important, and it gives you purpose and drive and meaning. Um, yeah. But I don't know if you agree with this. It's the bit that's the longest. It's yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to get, you've got to enjoy that bit and get comfortable with that 100%. bit. One hundred percent. I think a good, good example of that as well is when I was in hospital or whatever it was. I, I, I wanted to become an, I wanted to be in the fire service. So I deliberately got myself fit. If I hadn't had that thought, if I hadn't tried for the fire service, which didn't work out in the end, you know, for for good enough reason. But if I hadn't tried, if I hadn't got into fitness. Well, I wouldn't have got my level two gym instructor. I wouldn't have got my personal training. You know, I wouldn't be working with the army because I wouldn't be fit enough. I wouldn't be um, doing the Paralympics. I wouldn't be fit enough to climb a rope. Um, I wouldn't be doing the personal training I'm doing now. I wouldn't, you know, there's a lot of stuff that would have happened if I hadn't opened that door. So I believe that, you know, sometimes a small step forward, a small goal, could feel a little bit disappointing to start with. But I think it's where it leads. It's where it leads. And I think it's really important to... Uh, remember that as well you should always remember where you come from and I think it's always important to look forward but just equally important to look back to where you've come from and remind yourself you know what you've achieved agreed I love it that's awesome so can I ask you then I've got a couple of questions really who who do you hope to inspire with what you're doing I want to be the Louis Brown cell I, I really want to inspire young disabled people and new disabled people. If it wasn't for me, if I didn't meet this guy, Louis, when I was 10 years old, 
you know, who knows what would happen, you know. The, I live in Bournemouth now. I've managed to move away. Originally, I'm from Wales in Somerset, and I've moved myself away from perhaps a certain couple of people um, who, you know, looking back on now, um, are in a completely different place to me. You know, they're still doing drugs. They've got, you know, kids. They're not with the partners anymore. You know, they're not, they're not living a life. They're not, they're not living a life that I'd ever want to live anyway. They're just in like a nine to five job, you know, not really going anywhere, not really doing anything. You know, I, I imagine they're probably going to be in the same place in 10 years time. Um, and I believe that, you know, I could have easily been inspired. I just said that I've been inspired by people. I could easily be inspired by them. I could have been in their shoes. I probably, you know, I would have been in their shoes. So. Would you say proximity um, has a big thing to do with, where you're at you really went for and kept yourself around people who inspire you in situations that inspire you and took yourself out of situations where people weren't inspiring you where you weren't feeling uplifted and amazing and it's a it's, it's a harsh one in one way because it's you do have to make quite a strong decision but is that something to do with what's made your happiness huge huge so um another thing okay so another little lead from what we've just talked about is um, I joined this agency, Amputees in Action. They introduced me to a Paralympic um, talent spotting day. When I went to a talent spotting day, they showed me lots of different sports. One of them was wheelchair basketball. I started playing wheelchair basketball. I joined a club. I was then introduced to the Great Britain wheelchair basketball team. And I was playing wheelchair basketball for four years, representing GB juniors. I traveled overseas. You know, I was doing tournaments. Um, amazing, amazing experience. I had a scholarship, tax scholarship. Talented athlete scholarship scheme at Bath Uni, so I met all the you know top guys over there. They did loads of like went to Loughborough. They did all these like um, VO2 peak tests on me. You know, it was amazing, absolutely cra- incredible experience. Um, and I remember this one thing that my GB coach said to me, my basketball coach said to me. He said, "Surround yourself by great people, and great things will happen." And I live by that now. I love that saying. I love that saying. I always say it now. I always say it to my clients. I always say it to somebody who's perhaps um, afraid of moving on, afraid of change. Uh, surround yourself by great people and great things will happen. I love, love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a tweetable, I think, for this. Surround yourself <laughs> by great with great people and great things will happen. I love it. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, Jack. Um so what's next? More modelling, more work with a prosthetic company I know you're doing some stuff with as well. Um yeah. Yeah. I, you talked a little bit about a project that you've got happening in the wings. I don't know if you want to yeah. share a little bit Absolutely. about that. Definitely. So um, I think I've got, I feel like I've got my fingers in lots of different pies at the minute. And uh, uh, I have got a 10-year plan. I have got a 10-year goal where I want to be. I think the modelling is really good. I'm doing lots of modelling at the minute. Ideally, I want to do more fitness modelling, sports-related modelling. Um, which kind of supplements and complements the personal training, gets my name out there, um, and gives me a bit, a bit more sort of value. Um, I'm working with a prosthetics company, and I think, again, this is another way for me to um, have a name in the amputee prosthetics world, um, and I have a, um, a little bit more value to my name as well. But ideally, I want to focus on the personal training, and I want to focus on working with amputees. So my, my goal is to inspire, I'm very close to amputees, so I'm going to say amputees, but it's disabled people in general. But I want to inspire disabled people, amputees, to, to push what they've got, to push their comfort zones, to try different things. 
Um, I believe that when you have a life-changing operation or you have an amputation, you're, you're reborn. So um, I've had my amputation now six, 10 years. I'm 10 years old, so I'm still learning. Um, when, when you lose a leg, you have to learn how to walk again. You have to learn how to walk downstairs, down slopes. You have to learn to put your shoe on, uh, how to put your trousers on by standing up on one leg, try balancing doing that. Um, so you're, you're, you're born again. Um, as a child, it's okay to kind of stumble and to fall over and test your motor skills, so your balance and your coordination. Um, but as an adult, you can feel vulnerable. And people look at you in a vulnerable way. And that can really have a knock on your confidence. So I believe the best way to develop your motor skills, the best way to improve these, is by doing sports and by doing exercise. So what I want to try and develop, and what I'm in the middle of developing, is a boot camp slash center that is specifically for disabled people or amputees um, who can come along and they can talk to other amputees, get inspired, but also, you know, push their comfort zones, push that sort of um, their motor skills. So learn how to climb ropes, learn how to rock climb, learn how to uh, water ski, learn how to canoe, kayak, um, but also in the gym as well, learn how to do squats if that's what they want to do. So they don't have to do it in front of, you know, the gym where it's all busy with able-bodied people that they feel are going to look at them. You know, they can do it in the comfort of other amputees. So I want to develop like the Headley Court style for civilians. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I love it, Jack. Well, best of luck with that. Um, just in closing, then, if you were going to speak to someone who's maybe just going through a dark time ramp right now, whether they're an amputee or not, what would be the key things that you would say to them about helping them get through that time? Yeah, yeah gosh. Um, so I have a lot of, um, when I'm doing my personal training, I have a lot of clients that come to me, um, and a lot of the time they are in a reasonably dark place. They are unhappy with their body. They have no confidence. Sometimes they're not in a relationship or they've just broken up a relationship or they're not happy with their job or whatever the reasons are. All, all of them. <laughs> Sometimes it's all the reasons and they're in quite a dark place. Um, and funnily enough, through speaking with me and through doing the exercises in the gym, it teaches them a um, they get the, the natural buzz from the endorphins, of course, to start with. Move yeah, your body. So definitely... Move your body. Move your body. Start the exercise, yeah? Um, but you get a sense of discipline. You get a sense of uh, well-being. You get a sense of achievement. Um, so I would firstly say it's going to be the, the last thing on their mind, but I would say get down to the gym and move your body. Do something active. Well, it doesn't have to be in the gym. It can be going for a walk. Gives you time to breathe. Gives you time to think. Um, Picking up be... dancing, so like put, put a new piece of music on that you love and just yeah. go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm very passionate about exercise, so of course that's going to be my first tip. I'll definitely say as well, if you're in a dark place, um, think about what your goals are. Think about what you want to achieve. If you haven't got any goals, then make a goal. So think about what you want to achieve, and then push that comfort zone. So push that, push that goal. So if it is you want to travel to Australia then, you know, start saving, start planning, you know, have a look on the map, figure out where you want to go and get some, get positive about it. You know, make, make a vision board. I believe in vision boards. Uh, I've got lots of vision boards. I always have. Um, I'm a very, a very visual person. I'm a very physical person. Um, I like to see where I'm going. I'm the same. You thought yeah, me. I told you, you that. Thought, yeah, I, I'm you exactly the same. I've got pictures <laughs> everywhere. So I, I, yeah, I yeah. know it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it really helps. I really, really For do. For sure. Yeah. I'd be lost yeah. without it completely. I oh, know. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so those are my two biggest ones, definitely, definitely. Love it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And in closing, mm, just three. What would you? What are three? What I like to call sparkling habits are things that keep you vibrant and bright. What are three things that you personally do daily, however small or big, that really just keep you on track with what you're doing? Okay. Um, <laughs> look at my vision board. Yes. Exercise. Excellent. <laughs> and healthy eating. eating. Healthy eating. Nutrition. Definitely. Those, those are my biggest ones. Um, I'm, I'm so lucky because I live, you know, I live in Bournemouth. I live by the beach. So going down to the beach, going down to the Boscombe Beach and looking out for the sea um, really, really inspires me. It's beautiful um, down there. It's so beautiful. I love it. Absolutely love it. So I, I feel that my attitude and my um, uh, my sense of well-being has improved massively since I've been living by the beach. I feel that um, when we're surrounded by buildings, we get very claustrophobic. I like that breathing space. I like to be by the beach. So for me, it's going for a walk. Awesome. I love it. So, so the, the, the most powerful things are sometimes in the simplest things, I think. Usually, definitely. Jack, it's been great to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us here. Um, I, I, I know that you're going to go on to continue to inspire many, many people, millions of people, I believe. Um, over the rest of your life with everything that you've got planned. Um, so I'd love, I'd love to stay in touch as well and we'll, we'll follow your journey um, if you're happy for us to do that and see how it unfolds. Um, now I'd love to hear from you guys, our audience. Um, I'd love to hear, do you have, have you had a moment like Jack's um, that was life-changing? What was it and what drastic changes did you make and what do you use to keep you, yourself on track? So if you want to share with us in the comments below, then please do so. And if you want to connect with Jack, what are the ways that we can get in touch with you, Jack? Uh, so if you contact me on Twitter, so at Jack Ayers, and also on Facebook. Awesome. Facebook Jack I will put some links below this video so people can do that, and we will stay up to date with what you're up to. That was really good fun. I really enjoyed it. Good. It's really cool no, to hear what you've been up to. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> Jack is remarkable, but his story of teenage depression is not unusual. Top of everybody's list in life is happiness. We live in a world where we have more resources and technology than ever before, but depression rates are higher than ever before. In fact, there are 10 times more people depressed than in the 1930s Great Depression. 35 years ago, the average age of depression was 29 years old. Today, it's 14 years old. By 2016, the World Health Organization predicts that depression will overtake cancer as the number one cause of illness. If you know someone who would benefit from this interview, please hit the share button and subscribe. Let's make a difference. Let's take a stand for happiness. I believe we deserve to be happy. I believe we all do. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you, you too, Jack.